Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll be learning about Chavez and Maseches Bavakama. Welcome back, Phil. Um, he listened to the recording, Andrew. Let that be an uh, inspiration to you. Yesterday, so he knows that we're, we're going to start from the Mishnah on Chafal from Bez. We're going to learn for the schus of all of Klal Yisrael, okay? Uh, to say the least. Okay, so Hakela Vagdi Gag. So we're talking about um, some unusual cases. So what's going on with this Kelev and Gdi? So these animals are behaving uh, in that in this particular case, since the Kelev uh, breed in question is a Jack Russell Terrier. These are jumpy animals. Certainly, we know that uh, that we see deer around our backyards. Those are jumpy animals. So that if they're jumping around, Veshavus Akelim and they break the kalim below, Mishalom Nezek Shalim. Then you're paying Nezek Shalim. So, so Rashi breaks it down, right, as Rashi over here says on the Mishnah, the Havishain Bishos HaNizak, right? He's explaining the two parameters that are going to, the two criteria that are going to make this Nezek Shalim. The first of all, it's Shane, that it's habitual and regular for them, right? This is a regular thing to do. If it were to be, Right, an unusual thing that they're not expecting, so then it would be Chatzinezek. And the second thing is the Shane, normally, if it's in Rishus Harabim, so then it would be something that it, um, we would expect to happen, right? Because after all, these animals are allowed to walk in Rishus Harabim, so if it was Rishus Harabim, then you would not be Chayev, but Shane is Chayev, as we know already and we've said, in Rishus Ha Nizak. So just to set up how that works, uh, Andrew has a Jack Russell Terrier and he has a house and, and the house is, is directly adjacent to Barry's house. This is in the old days when Andrew and Barry used to share right, courtyards and whatnot. So Andrew's house was immediately adjacent to Barry's house and so, such that Barry's property, Barry would put a lot of his stuff in his own property. This is in Barry's own property, <coughs> immediately underneath Right, let's say the roof of, of Andrew's house. And what Andrew would do would let his Jack Russell Terrier, it's irresponsible, jump around the roof, right, knowing that such a jumpy animal would jump down and habitually destroy Barry's stuff. And for that, Andrew would have to be paying Nezek Shalom because all of that is expected. The stuff is indeed in Barry's property. He's the Nizak, and therefore Andrew has to pay him for that. Because these animals are habitual jumpers, and of course, this, what would you expect? Okay, so that's case number one. Case number two is fascinating. It's going to take us into a lumdus wonderland. Okay. Case number two. Okay, so now Andrew's uh, dog is hungry. And Barry's making a barbecue. Okay. So what does a dog do if he sees meat? Dog takes to the meat. We know this already, Phil. So the dog takes the harara. We'll call it a hamburger. It could be a biscuit. Okay, but he, he takes a, a hamburger off the coals, and there's a coal stuck to the bottom of the hamburger. Vahalach legadish. Okay? And then he goes over to a stack of right, hay, let's say. Achal ha So, of course, the dog doesn't notice anything. He just knows about the hamburger, and it just eats it. Behidlik hagadish. And now, the coal, or something, right, flammable that came with the hamburger, lights up the whole place, right? So, Allah harara, Meshalem nezek shalem. So, again, it's Barry's barbecue, right? Barry's just trying to enjoy his holiday weekend. So, he's down one hamburger now. So, for that, 
Andrew's going to have to pay because that's, of course, Shane, right? That's something that you could have expected. The dog's going to eat that, that hamburger. Andrew let it loose. It's Andrew's responsibility. It's in this case, Mamon. And therefore, for the hamburger, he's going to pay Nezek Shalem. Now, for the, for the stack, right, for that which set on fire, he has to pay Chatsi Nezek. You're not paying the full Nezek. Now, that's interesting. Why would that be? So Rashi's already telling you, yeah, that's what the Gemara is going to talk about. That's, that's a whole conversation. That's going to be Machlokas. What is going on with this fire? What is Aish, you know, what is this, what is this, uh, um, what, is, what is going on with this particular Nezek moment having to do with fire? So that's, without further ado, continuing the Gemara. So the Gemara, time at the Kofzer. The first thing is like this. They jumped, Hanaflu Pater. See, there's a difference. If Andrew's dog was jumping around, that's Andrew's responsibility because that's what Andrew's dog does. But Andrew's dog, if he falls, that's an accident. That's not common. And therefore, for that, Andrew would be putter. This is a, an interesting lumdus thing that comes out of this. That would indicate that what? That if Andrew initially did so, something out of negligence, what did he do? He let his Jack Russell Terry on the roof. It always ends badly, Right. But the way, what ended up happening was not the thing that would happen uh, from Andrew's negligence. In other words, if Andrew just, he was negligent and let him on the roof, and the dog behaved as the dog does and, dro- and ran around and broke some of, of Barry's stuff, fine. So then you'd say that Andrew for sure is chayev. What would you say if he lets the dog jump on the roof, which is an irresponsible thing for Andrew to do, and the dog falls through the, the, the slats of the roof, right? Has an accident. So that's called sofa be'onis. That's not something that anybody could have anticipated. And therefore, ultimately, even though, right, he acted irresponsibly, the way the hezek happened was not as a consequence, as a direct consequence of his irresponsibility. It was out of a different mishap. So the action was, right, irresponsible, but the thing that ended up happening and causing the, the damage was actually not directly related to the irresponsible action. So do you confuse the outcome with the decision, right, or not? Do you say that, no, we'll base it on Andrew. He was irresponsible, and therefore, even if it happened as a totally unrelated accident, we're going to make Andrew responsible? Or do you say, what are you saying? What do you mean? <laughs> if the act that happened was not was like an act of God and like something that nobody could have foreseen, so okay, Andrew was irresponsible, but he got away with it, right? Rahman al somebody's texting while they're driving. Right, and then, uh, right. So that's a very irresponsible thing to do. But then, if they cause damage for a reason having nothing to do with that, right? Because somebody falls out of out of somewhere that they wouldn't have even seen if they were if they weren't texting. So then, what are you going to say? There's because they were texting. It's not. It, it it happens to be that they shouldn't have done that, and they probably could have hurt someone else. But as it turns out, they're they're what they the damage they caused was not. Right, because of that. That's called Tchilasa Bipshia Vesofa Be'onis. So it sounds over here that Tchilasa Bipshia Vesofa Be'onis Pater. Again, how do we know that? Because when we looked in the Mishnah, it sounds like only if they're jumping. If they're falling, right, that's an inference we're making, that if they're falling, you would not be chayev. sounds like we're taking a stance on this Tchilasa Bipshia Vesofa Be'onis. Says the Gemara, Tanya Namihachi, we even have a brace to support this idea because the brace says explicitly, Hakela Ve'agdi, right, if you have the, the dog and the, and the deer, Shakaf Tzimurash Agag Vesher Vesakelim, Right again, they're jumping from the roof and they break the stuff. Mishalom is a shalom, and 
There in the Mishnah it says that if they're jumping, shakoftsu, you're paying Ezek Shalem. And the Brisa says explicitly, Naflu Paturim. So there it's not just an inference, but it's a directly uh, right, a direct reference to the idea that if they <coughs> fell accidentally, then they are indeed going to be putter. Okay. So now says the Gemara, That Brisa and this reading of the Mishnah makes sense if you do indeed hold that a person who starts with negligence and then it ends up being an unrelated damage, you're putter. But that is a machlokas, right? Says the Gemara. How does the manda amar who holds that you're chayev for such a thing, how is he going to read the Mishnah or the Brisa? Why would he be potter if you're in fact chilasa b'pshia and sofa bonus is chayev? So says the Gemara. You have to understand. They would read our Mishnah as follows. They would say that, that Barry put his stuff in a very specific place next to Andrew's house, such that if they jumped, the, then they would not fall on them. And there, even the tchila would not be b'pshia. Oh, okay. So if the tchila wouldn't be b'pshia, so then, uh, right, because Andrew, again, why did he let the dog out onto the roof? Because he knew that Andrew's stuff was not in like, within striking distance, so that so that would be the reason why. So then, wait a minute. If that's not Bapshia, so then why should it be chayiv at all? Okay. Um, so that that's an that's an interesting question indeed, right? In other words, you say the the the, the nefila is supposed to be right when they're very close to the wall, right? So if they jump, they wouldn't fall on them. The question is why would be chayiv at all when the animal jumps from the roof, right? So then it, it's not supposed to actually make it chayev, right, if it, if it falls down, okay? Okay, so that, that, is, uh, that is indeed a question, but it should be chayev still if it was for the animal jump, right, um, for the animal's jump because it's close enough, I would guess, I would guess to say, uh, to pshia if the animal's jumping around. It happens to be like a unique fall. That's, a, that's an unusual, like you're slicing it this way, right? You're saying that Andrew would still be chayev even though there was no, there was less of a reason for him to assume that the animal would damage it. There's enough of a natural jumping of the animal uh, in this particular case that if it actually jumped in its natural form, he still would be chayev. That's a chiddush, right? As opposed to if it fell, so then both the action and the falling ended up not being bipshia, and therefore Andrew would be putter. It's uh, not as clean of a reading of the mission of the Bryce's as the other way. Okay. Now, Rav Zvid is going to add another thing. Rav Zvid, Mishmei Derava, Pamim Shafilu Naflu Namichayev. That even though in our Mishnah, in the inference and also in the Bryce explicitly, uh, we say that when the animal falls, it's going to be chayev, it's going to be putter, rather. There are cases where it's going to be chayev. What's the case? Mishkachaslav, Kosal, Yeah, a rickety roof or a rickety wall. If you have a rickety roof or a wall, let's say a roof with a rickety ma'akeh, right? A rickety, uh, you know that there's a mitzvah of ma'akeh. You're supposed to surround the roof. After all, how's this animal actually getting, getting over the roof? Well, it's a jumpy animal anyway. It could jump over the ma'akeh. The ma'akeh could still be theoretically kosher. But what if the whole thing's rickety and it could easily fall through? So then falling through is not quite as unusual as you think. It's, you could have expected that. So the Gemara, my new, wait a minute. What's falling through? If you think that the bricks and the actual roof is falling, then sof sof lo inu. But at the end of the day, that's not the case in the Mishnah. In the case in the Mishnah, the bricks are not what fall. 
the animal fell. And that would be Tchilas Mepshir Basofa Bonasu. In other words, you have a rickety roof. But what's falling through? The animal. So it doesn't matter how rickety the roof is. If the animal fell, then, then right, then even though Tchilas Mepshir, in other words, the Pshia would be that you shouldn't put an animal on top of a rickety roof because, after all, everything could fall down and the, and the piece of the roof could fall onto uh, Barry's stuff. But in the end of the day, it wasn't the roof itself. It was the animal that fell. So the whole thing, when an animal falls, is really on us altogether. So why is that any difference? It says the Gemara. So, and if, therefore, why should you be chayev for, right, nefila? So the Gemara, lo, tzricha bekotel tsar. No, this mak, as the Rashi explains, right, is not really rickety, but it's very, right, narrow, which means that when the animal goes on, so Andrew knows that his Jack Russell Terrier is going to go on this maka. He does it all the time. But once it gets on this very narrow maka, it's like a high wire act, right? Like it's not able to acrobatically stay on there. It's always going to slip one way or the other. And so in that case, uh, it's going to be pshia because the animal is likely to fall. And once there's, again, it's case specific. Once it's very likely to happen, then already Andrew's going to be chayev. Nezek shalem. Okay. Tanar Next case. Ah, oh, so now which direction are you jumping? Jumping. If you're jumping from a lower point to a higher point, that's what the animals. Uh, that is unusual, and you're not chayev. They're gonna, as Rashi says, pturin here sounds like your pater the gamre. Rashi gives it away, and he says pturin minezek shalom, v'chayev v'chatzin ezek the mishunin hem. Okay, so this is the fourth line up for the bottom. Rashi's saying that if you're jumping upwards, then you're chayev. Chatsi uh, Nezek, when it says Petura, it means Chatsi Nezek, because that's unusual to jump up. Jumping down is Chayev, because that is normal. However, whether it's up to down, down to up, there you're always going to be Chayev, for two different reasons, by the way, as Rashi points out. The Adam is because Adam is Mu'ad Le'olam. Adam is always going to be Chayev, because whether you're doing it up or you're jumping up, or you're jumping down, you're doing parkour, you're doing it all deliberately. So that's always Mu'ad. And a Tanagol is a different thing. Tanagol is because it's very common for it to jump up because uh, as you may have not known, Barry, oh, well, Harrisburg, they have farms. They have, uh, chicken have wings. Oh, well, you eat chicken wings sometimes. So you know they have wings. So there you go. The, they sometimes use them to go up, to jump upwards. You mean it? Okay, so there you go. So as we arrive, Chapez Amadal says, V'atanya kelevagdisha dilgu, our Mishnah, or uh, the Brisa, as it were, uh, a, a different Brisa now, ex- uh, explicitly addresses this. It says that when the Kelev and Gdi jumped, Wow. It sounds like that you have a Brisa that says that when a dog or a deer jump, it doesn't matter. We just said that when they jump down, they're going to be Chayev. When they jump up, they're going to be Pater. And here it says, it sounds like in the Brisa it says that it doesn't matter. Even if they jump up, they're going to be Pater. Or even if they jump down, they're going to be Pater. So what's going on? So my answer is Targumar of Papa the Apich Mepach. Papa said that this Apich Mepach actually is a little complicated what it means. It means that they went up or down in an unusual way. That's one of the ways of interpreting what's going on here with Rashi. That Kalba Bizrika Vagajan Bisricha, that the dog came usually, right, the deer's leap and the dogs clamber around, clamber around. Here it was the opposite. And for whatever reason, the dog was leaping up like a deer, and and the right and the gdi was the one that was kind of like clamoring around like a dog, 
And so what does that all mean? It means that they went in an unusual way, right? Not their usual way. So the Gemara asks, we're going to know the answer to this because we already used the word pater in an unusual way because Rashi already gave it away. But the Gemara asks, assuming that it's totally pater, why would going in an unusual way but causing the damage make him pater altogether, asks the Gemara. So the Gemara answers what we already know to be the case, which is, pater mi nezek shalayim v'chayavin v'chatsi nezek, right? We already saw that previously, that when we use a lush pater, we don't really mean that it's completely absolved from all payment. It's pater from nezek shalayim. But it's chayav chatsi nezek, and we know that that's the halacha. And so again, just to review, right, when you are, uh, when you are, have responsibility for an animal, and that animal causes damage in an, in an unusual way, you're going to have to pay chatsi nezek. So far, so good, Barry? Okay, Andrew, we're in Chaf Beis. Five lines down, two dots. Hakelev shenato. Let's get to this biscuit. Let's get to this. We're going to call it a hamburger, even though it's really a charar, it's really a biscuit, but the hamburger makes it so real. So, so, so uh, relatable. Itmar. Now we're the fundamental machlokas. Lumdus 101, Phil, about how does a fire damage. I, I have to say this outside first. I'm sorry, Andrew. When a fire damage, here the, here's the problem. A fire is insubstantial. Okay? That's number one. Number two, every other form of hezek, more or less, let's not get too carried away, you don't want to, when you're in Yazikin, I'm always fearing, like, in the unlikely event that Rabbi Safra Shlita will ever, I, I was told by, by my friend Yisachar Chaim Glanz, my chavrusa, who became a Rebbe the second I moved away, that, that, uh, that he's always thinking of me, Rabbi Safra. So, like, in the unlikely event he listens to Shear, he'll roast me uh, if, if I say something too global, because I'm going to get toasted. So, I'm not going to say every other case. But you can understand why, when you're doing a Nezek, right, you would have to, so as a human being doing a nezek, you'd have to perform an action in order to do the nezek, okay? So, for example, so, and, and even if you're talking about nezke mamon, so the person himself, let's say, isn't doing the nezek, but the animal's doing the nezek, but the animal would have to do the nezek, okay? But you get into a weird situation where the animal sets something on fire. When your animal sets something on fire, now it's a weird thing. Because, yes, of course, if you set something on fire directly, you're doing a nezek. But the animal is your mammon, okay? So when your animal sets something on fire, so why would you say that you're chayev? Would you say that you're chayev because the animal is your mammon? But the fire isn't your mammon, right? You don't own the fire, right? The animal went to, Andrew's dog went to Barry's yard and took a coal off the grill. And so the fire belonged to Barry. And so Andrew's dog used Barry's fire to set all of Barry's shed on fire. So what are you going to say? That it's Nizke Mamon of Andrew? The fire didn't belong to Andrew. The fire only belonged to Barry. Okay, so if it's Nizke Mamon, maybe you shouldn't be Chayev. Okay, so then you're going to say, well, it's not really that because it's Nizke Mamon. It's the causative action of, Bar- of Andrew's dog. That is Chetz. That's what you call an arrow. Because when you shoot an arrow, you're doing an action. So in this case, the action that Andrew would be doing would be releasing his dog and not watching it. And that action sets off a chain reaction of damage, right? Mishum means, right, that the reason why the fire is going to be, right, Chayev, why Andrew should be Chayev is because he set off a chain reaction that eventually led to the, to, to the, fi- to the fire happening 
on uh, in, in Barry's shed. Now, the fact of the matter is that it wasn't direct because the fire is intangible, right? So because the fire is intangible, it's not exactly like an arrow because when you shoot an arrow, right, all of your personal, right, phys- in, in the world of physics, all of your power is what's powering that arrow in order to, in order to, to set the fire. It's not exactly the case when your dog goes, goes wild, right? The dog goes wild, that's your responsibility. But then there's like really an, an extra step that doesn't require your action, that's an intangible step where the fire is carrying itself. And so is that really like setting off an arrow? Therein lies the Machlokas or Biochad and Reish Lakish. Why is Andrew f- responsible for this fire that is not his? Is it because it's as if he shot an arrow by letting his dog out? Or is it because his dog is his property and therefore is for that reason that he's responsible for anything that is any damage that his property causes, even with a fire that's not his property? Okay, that's the fundamental machlokas here. And we're going to carry it all the way through our mission as follows. So, Itmar, Rabbi Yochanan Amar, Eshem Meshim Chitzo. So, Rabbi Yochanan is of the opinion, and I can't resist telling you that I, this opinion resonates with me. That it's Eshem Meshim Chitzo, it's a chain reaction set off by the action of letting the dog out, like an arrow. Okay. says it's because the fire, he's responsible because it's Nizke Maman, and it's as if the fire belonged to Andrew, because it was done by a dog that belonged to Andrew. So says the Gemara, we're going to analyze this. Reish Lakish, who says that it's Meshim Mamono, doesn't say like because As we just described, an arrow would be through Andrew's action, right? But this fire had its own, like, mind of its own. It was not through Andrew's force at all, right? Andrew's force had nothing to do with fueling this fire, as it were, to mix metaphors. Rabbi Yochanan, my time in Lamech Reish Lakish, Rabbi Yochanan, why didn't he hold like Reish Lakish? Why did he hold that it's Meshum Chitzo? So, Amalach Mamona, Mamasha. Ha, Lesbim Mamasha, yeah. Then, in other words, when you're, another, I'll say, when your own Niske Mamon, when your own dog, who you, which you own, uh, creates a problem, so that it has a physical substance, substantive, right, contribution to the problem. But the fire itself has no substance. That's what lace Bema Masha means. So the way I'm explaining what that means is that it has no substance, yeah, it's, not, it's, more, it's even a little more than that. It has no substance, also not his, right? You can't call that Andrew's property. It's this insubstantial thing that Andrew never owned in the first place. So how is that Nezek Mishum Mamono, right? Okay, says the Gemara, it's none. Well, let's look at our Mishnah. And now we're going to see. Does our Mishnah, our Mishnah involves a fire, does it not? What happened? Andrew's dog went to the barbecue on the coals that Barry was making, took the hamburger, there was a coal stuck to the bottom of it, and set something on fire. So is that Eisho Mishum Chitzo or Mishum Amano? Does that take a stance in the Machlokas of Yochanan and Shlokas? Let's see. Tadan. HaKelav Shana Tocharara, our Mishnah, etc. As we described. So Bishle, Vilmadam, Eisho Mishum Chitzo, Chitzo de Kelavu. So this makes more sense with Rabbi Yochanan. Because that's Eishim Shim Chitza. Why? Because Andrew's dog is like his arrow, right? And it went off and it started setting off the fire. Right? But if you're going to go like Reish Lakish, so according to Reish Lakish, it's very simple. It sounds complicated, but it's not. <laughs> according to Reish Lakish, if you say that the reason why you're Chayiv is because the fire is like, your, is like you own it, the only reason we've said now why the fire wouldn't work is because the fire is insubstantial. 
But in the case of the Mishnah, the fire is more than insubstantial, as I said. I got a little ahead of myself. It's not just insubstantial, it's also not Andrew's fire. That's important, right? It's Barry's own fire, right? So our Mishnah makes it, it doesn't make any sense if you say Esha Mishum Mamono. Right, again, up until now, we say that's Ace Bema Masha, Lace Bema Masha. But our Mishnah, which I already put into that Machlokas, is, is actually specifically talking about a case where even the fire wasn't Andrew's. So Eishem Mishimamono shouldn't work, and yet we see what? That he's Chayiv, Chatzinezek, on the, on, on the lighting of the, of the, um, of the Gaddish, right? Or uh, we'll call it Barry's Shed, right? What does it say? So why is he paying Chatzinezek on the Gaddish? It's not even his. Okay. So, says the Gemara, So how does Reish Lakish read our Mishnah, right? Why you chayv at all? So says the Gemara, The dog, a fascinating thing. It did not, Andrew's dog was an interesting dog. He did not put the hamburger down on the haystack that lit Barry's shed on fire. Rather, he tossed the hamburger onto the stack, right? And therefore, the coal that was stuck to the bottom of it did so by being tossed. How does that matter? Because the al-charara, Mishalem, whatever the dog ate of the burger, he's going to pay because that's regular shame and that's regular eating and that is inappropriate and Andrew, you really should have never let it out. And for that, you're going to have to pay Nezek Shalom because all, this all happened in Barry's backyard. However, wherever the gacheles, right, the coal that stuck to the bottom of the hamburger, Mishalem Chatzi Nezek. For that is Mishalem Chatzi Nezek. Why? So Rashi says, the Tzroros Heim, Ba'kelev Asan Lishna Achrina Demishunahu. Wow, because we learned over... Uh, the beginning of the week when I was visiting my mother's Alzheimer's this concept of Tsuros. Tsuros is a Mishuna part, is like when an animal is kicking something, right? And it is an indirect, we know that this is a Lachal Tsuros is always going to be Chayiv Chatzinezek. So what, what are you learning? That according to Reish Lakish, why is he Chayiv Chatzinezek on the Gaddish in our Mishnah? Not because of Eish. Not because of Eish. It couldn't be because of Eish, Andrew. Because the Eish didn't belong to him. And Rabbi Shalakish holds that it's Eish Mishum Mamono. That only if the Eish belongs to him, he's going to be Chayev. It's Tsharos. It's a different thing. It's an unusual regal thing. That's why it matters whether it placed it or whether it threw it. If the dog placed it, so that's a different, so then that's, that's too direct. Maybe he should be Chayev, right, for, for placing it, or maybe he shouldn't. It would be out of Eish. But it's because of the fact that he threw it. Now it's a projectile. Now it's Tsharos. And it is for that reason he's Chayev Chatzinezek. It has nothing to do with the fire. What do you... Tzoros to the inevitable rocks that kick up as the ox is walking. Here, the dog, if you could say so, knowingly tossed something from its mouth. Okay, so Andrew wants to split the lumbus down even further, and he wants to say, I thought that Tzoros is just like this inevitable, unconscious... Uh, splattering of pebbles from a from an ox walking, so it is a chiddush indeed. Rishlakish, you have to say not only is it not eish, but it's a it's a subdivision of tsaros. I guess you could say where you say that any time that it's a projectile uh, that's in, that's incidental. Well, again, okay, so you're going to say maybe it's a projectile; it doesn't have to be kicked, right? The dog uh, the dog threw it on there. 
and it doesn't have to be, right? Because we're breaking down into the abstract categories. So maybe anytime it's a projectile, that not just, and we've seen that that's true. We saw that that was true of the chicken with its wings, right? Uh, we saw that Soros, it didn't have to be. It's like, um, it's like football, we, American football. We call it football, but, you know, most of the time we're throwing it or handing it off. Like we kick it only once in a while, right? <laughs> we're using it for once in a while. So it's Soros also like, okay, it's, a, it's the classic cakes would be kicking up peb- pebbles, but also if you have, if you're a chicken with wings uh, or if you're a dog, Throwing it around, so that projectile type of damage is Soros, and therefore you're Chayva Chatzin Nezek. Okay, fine. So that's how, that's the only way Rosh Lakish could explain our Mishnah. It's unbelievable. Okay, so right, so said, And there's the other part of it. That according to Rosh Lakish, Remember, according to Rabbi Yochanan, it's Eisha Mishim Chitzo, and therefore you set up the whole shed, you're going to have to pay Chatzin Nezek for setting the whole shed on fire. Why are you going to have to pay Chatzinezek we're going to talk about? Halagadish Meshalom Chatzinezek. Rish Lakish not only has to reinterpret Soros for Andrew, but he reinterpret the case as to say that the, that the, that the dog threw the, the coal, but he also has to reinterpret what Gadish means. When our Mishnah says Halagadish Meshalom Chatzinezek, he only means in the area where the coal landed, because that's Soros. Because then what ends up happening afterwards Right and extending that whole conflagration, if you will, afterwards that whole fire is not Tsuros, right? Because that would be like Tsuros of Tsuros. The Tsuros is the area where the coal landed, and that is going to be Chai of Chatzinezek. What happens after that is a big old fire that spread. Well, guess what? According to Eshlakish, that says Eshem Mishumamono, it ain't Andrew's fire. It's Barry's own fire that set his own shed on fire, and therefore Andrew's not going to have to pay for that. Unbelievable chiddush of Eshlakish here. If you're in Rabbi Yochanan's yeshiva, you're kind of like saying, yeah, okay, good luck with that, Rish Lakish. You know what I mean? It's very, very um, not the simpler reading of the Mishnah. Be that as it may, the Gemara explains, Rabbi Yochanan, the Ancha Anuche, Rabbi Yochanan can explain that the Mishnah's talking about not when the dog threw the coal, but he simply placed the hamburger directly on the stack, and he just reads it simply into the Mishnah. That it's Nezek Shalom everywhere where it's direct, because that's an arrow. And then why Alagadish Mishalom Chatsi Nezek? Alagadish Mishalom Chatsi Nezek, why? Right, because after all, that's not Urche. Right, this is what Rashi says over here Chatsi Nezek, Amidi de Amakam Gachelis Chayv Nezek Shalom, de Urche Hulito Chor, Im Hagachelis. So Rabbi Yochanan is saying, Rabbi Yochanan Damar Eshem Shimchicho. So he says, "Mokim la de anacha ki urche de al charara nezek shalem de sheni a mokom gachelas nezek shalem de urchehi uviadaim avad vaagadish kul echatzi nezek says Rashi de chetzio de kelav hu vehaynut shoros." So he's saying that according to him, the chetzio de kelav hu. Okay, so that is right the shoros. So again, Andrew, you're you're correct in that we're really redefining. The tsuros, that anything that happens from the actual, uh, so it's a it's a funny thing. Let's let's define it here. Andrew's dog is like Andrew's arrow, so everything is going to be nezek shalem up until the point where Andrew's dog is the one that did uh, the further action. So when the right when the uh, dog set the whole shed on fire. It's an amazing Rashi here. 
That's like the dog's action. When the dog set, when it, that's like the dog's arrow. The dog's arrow is Tzoros. So Andrew, here again, you have another case. So whether you're Rishlakish or Rabbi Yochanan, if your animal, okay, sets off a projectile, that, that is always going to be Tzoros and that's always going to be Chatzinezek. Okay, but again, the Chatzinezek here is on the entire Gaddish, like Tzoros, both according to Rabbi Yochanan and according to Rishlakish, right? Um, the only difference is Hamakom Agacheles. Makom Agacheles, according to Rabbi Yochanan, is going to be Nezek Shalom because it's Eisho Mishum Chitza, which means that the dog is like Andrew's, right, is like Andrew's arrow, and therefore wherever the dog placed it, right, that would be actually attributed back to Andrew, as opposed to uh, the way Reish Lakish sees it, the Reish Lakish is going to say that no, that it all has to do with the ownership of the fire, and therefore even if the dog places it directly, even the Makom Agacheles is Chatzin Nezek. So that's that's what's going on over here. Fine. Says the Gemara, another, now we're going to beat up on Reish Lakish a little bit more. 15 lines up, Daf Samach Beis and Beis, we're going to get to it. Uh, more Mishnayis that have to do with fire. Almost a Daf Yomi coincidence, because we're in Kislev, watch this, Tashma. Gamal Ta'un Pishtan Ve'avar B'Shosh the famous case in the Mishnah that we're going to read down the line. You have a camel laden with flax. Uh, don't do this on Hanukkah, Phil. Don't load up your camel with too much flax because flax, it's like a tinderbox. It's going to set everything on fire. Okay, so Gamal Ta'un Pishtan Ve'avar B'Shosh Okay, so this uh, ill-advised, fully laden with flax camel is walking around the so in this case, Andrew owns a store. Andrew, you can't stay out of trouble. Andrew has a store with some candles lighting in it. Okay? Just regular, uh, regular sconces, mood candle. Okay? So the camel goes into the Andrew's store uh, with all that flax. Of course, catches fire and everything goes ablaze. Sets fire to the whole place outside. Okay? So, Baal Gamal Chayev. Okay, so who's Chayev? Who's Gamal is it, Andrew? Do you know? It's Barry's. Yeah, you should have known. It's nice of you to act like you didn't know. So it's Barry's Gamal. So, so Barry is a Baal Gamal. He's Chayev. Okay, obviously. Wait, why? Yeah, because Barry's animal walked into Andrew's private store, right, his private property, and set the whole place on fire with all of its flax. Okay, that's if, that's if the animal went inside. Yeah, but what if Andrew uh, put mood lighting and sconces outside his house? Uh, we were at uh, Roland Park last night. Uh, yesterday, we went for a hike, and we walked up to those houses, and they all have these uh, fire sconces outside, if you just walk past the trail in that area. So, yeah, so there, the, the owner of that house, or the owner of the store would be chayev, because that is putting something flammable outside in the Rosh Hashanah. And therefore, you're going to be chayev. Again, what happened? You set, you set flame to Phil's storefront next door, the chas v'shalom. You should have never done that. So again, if it, the animal goes into Andrew's thing and sets everything on flame, so he's going to be chayev. If the fire isn't when it was supposed to be, so then Andrew's chayev. Here we go. Dafyomi coincidence. Bener Hanukkah Potter. An amazing idea that on Hanukkah, Barry should be aware, and this makes sense, that there's going to be, Barry is again the owner of the camel that has all this flax on it. So Barry should be aware on Hanukkah, maybe you don't walk outside, right, with all this flax because everyone's putting their neros outside. 
right? Even Rashi says, Beautiful idea. It's a mitzvah to put the Ne'er Chanukah and Rosh Rabim. It's a Persume Nisa, as we know. Amazing. And so, yeah, but what Rashi doesn't say, that I think is assumed, is that because of that reason, Barry should be more careful and Barry's going to be Chayev. Okay. So now, how is this a challenge to Rosh Lakish? Yeah, watch this. That bitch, Right, again. <laughs> What's the case? Phil's store burns down because Barry's camel walked into Andrew's store. Okay, so in the case where we said it's Andrew's fire, we said the Barry is going to be Chayev. If you walked into Andrew's store and the fire was inside Andrew's store, then that's Barry's camel walking into where it's not supposed to be, setting a whole big fire that sets Phil's house on fire, and Barry's going to be Chayev. Well, guess what? Whose fire was it, according to Reish Lakish? It was Andrew's fire. The fire was, was in his store, right? Andrew's the one that was lighting the mood candles. So you're always going to run into this problem with Rish Lakish. Like Rish Lakish has this thing that we can't wrap our head around, that it matters who the fire belonged to. It doesn't matter who did the action that transferred the fire. Eishem Mishimamono is a wild idea, that it matters who lit the fire. Like you light the fire and you're in the privacy of your own home, and then some wild camel with flax comes in and, and sets the whole thing on fire, and all of a sudden because you lit the fire in your own home, you're going to be chayev? That, that's wild. Well, our Mishnah doesn't say that it would be Andrew would be Chayev in that case. It would, of course, be Barry that's Chayev. That's what our Mishnah says. That if, again, Barry's ill-advised camel walks into Andrew's store, sets everybody's place on fire, then, of course, Barry's going to be Chayev. And yet, it, Rish Lakish would say maybe he shouldn't be Chayev because the fire, at, at the end of the day, was Andrew's fire. So that's what the Gemara is saying. Right, so according to Rabbi Yochanan, it makes sense. Because according to Yochanan, it's, it's Barry's camel that's doing all the damage. So of course he's going to be Chayev. Barry's going to be Chayev. But according to Reish Lakish, who says that it matters who owned the fire, why is Barry Chayev in the case where Barry walked into Andrew's house and took Andrew's fire? After all, it is Andrew's fire, not Barry's fire. So why is Barry Chayev? So the Gemara answers, The Shlakish is going to say, the reason why Barry is Chayev is because Barry's camel, very unusual case. Again, into the Mishnah Samach Beis, Rish Lakish is going to have to read a weird idea. That Barry's camel was a very, very poorly behaved camel. Not only did he set, uh, set himself on fire, then he went over to Phil's house and started going beam by beam and, like, and, and setting everything on fire in an active way. Okay, so once he's setting everything on fire in an active way, now that camel is systematically, directly setting, setting it on fire. Once you do it indirectly, then of course you're going to be higher for that, right? So says the Gemara, right? Because then it doesn't matter, because then it's already direct damage, right? In other words, <laughs> the whole reason why we say Eishem Mishimamono is it's an unusual case, but when you're saying Eishem Mishimamono in a situation where the fire spreads on its own, so that's the point here, Barry, you get it? This fire didn't spread on its own. Everybody's going to agree. That's the thing about Ace. Everybody's going to agree that when you set something directly on fire, that, you're, that of course you're going to be high, whether it's Mishim Chitzah or Mishim Mamono. The question never even comes into play. Or even if your animal were to directly come over and like actively wait until everything's on fire, so that's going to be like, uh, that's going to be Hezek Mamon where you don't need, right, the Ace to spread on its own. There, even Rish Lakish would agree, right, that the owner of said animal will be high. That's, that's the idea, because direct. The whole question is, when it spreads on its own, you know, 
what's going to happen. So here it didn't spread on its own. That's the answer. And therefore it is for that reason that Barry is chayev because his camel was a pyromaniac camel. Yes, okay, if you have the pyromaniac camel, it's making sure to set everything on fire directly. So then we would have had this whole idea where if Barry, if, if the Andrew put the fire outside, we said if Andrew put the, the fire outside, it's Andrew's fault. Well, why is it Andrew's fault? Like Barry's uh, camel set on fire, but after all, uh, it, the, it, it did so directly, and therefore it should be Barry. Even Mesachseches, am I chayev, right? Because if Barry's camel is a pyromaniac that's taking, uh, making sure to set everything on fire, why would Andrew be chayev? Says the Gemara, Mishamda. The camel stood in place. Rashi even says we're scrambling to know what the case is. Mishamda. Rashi says. The Gemara is going to ask. Don't worry. Like, don't, if you're confused, says Rashi, you're not alone. The Gemara is going to work through this. What does standing have to do with anything? Says the Gemara. Wait. If it stood in one place, then all the more so Barry should be Chayev. Again, standing supposedly made a difference. Well, what do you mean standing makes a difference? Barry is supposed to get the camel out of there. The camel is behaving badly and setting everything on fire. Barry, get your camel under control. You should be chayev. Even, it doesn't matter who, where the fire came from. So, No, the case is a very unusual case where the camel is urinating and therefore he can't, Barry can't move it no matter how much he tries. And unbelievable. If that's the case, so then it is for that reason that because he can't move her, that's not really entirely his fault. Therefore, Reisha Baal Gamal Chayev Deloi Baila Pusha Bitiina. So in the so once again, it's an amazing point. The fixed point here is this immobile camel of Barry's with a giant load of flax. Okay, so now the Chayev is going to fall on whoever put the lamp in the wrong place, right? Because when you have this thing that you can't control, a camel that has a nature call. And it can't be moved with a giant thing of flax. So if it sets off a fire that originated in Andrew's place, so it's going to be Andrew's uh, responsibility. And if it sets off a fire, I'm sorry, that in Andrew's place, it's going to be Barry's responsibility because it should not have gone into Andrew's place. And if it sets off a fire that Andrew um, unwisely put out into the Shisarabim, it's going to be Andrew's fault. Okay, so it's going to be Barry's fault if, if, it, if it first trespassed into Andrew's place and took the fire out. And it's going to be Andrew's fault if Andrew put it outside. And that's what the Gemara here says. Right? In the Mishnah's first case, right, where the fire was inside Andrew's store, right, Barry is going to be chayv because he should not have made that. This whole problem started because of the overloading of flax, turning this camel into a tinderbox. But in the seifa, it's... Andrew, that's Chayev, because because he should not have put that flame outside. Even though it was a little too uh, loaded up with flax, really, at the end of the day, everything would have been okay if Andrew had not put the fire outside. So it's a fascinating reading of the Mishnah inside Reish Lakish in order to make it work. Now we're, was not talking about anymore. Right, because Hanukkah, it would not be, right, again, the, the, the real Seifa is Hanukkah. There's, there's three parts to the Mishnah. So we're calling the first two parts the Reisha and the Seifa. The Reisha is when the fire is inside Andrew's store, and the Seifa is really the second case, where, the, where Andrew puts the fire outside. And then the Seifa of the Seifa is the third case. So Hanukkah, it's not Andrew's fault for putting it outside. It's going to be your fault again, Barry. No offense.
Okay, now three lines down, we're going to beat up on Rish Lakish a little bit more. Again, Eisha, Mishum, Chitzo, um, seems to make more sense. We're going a page back. Samachalaf, Tashma, a Mishnah, a page before. Madlik as a Gaddish. It's an unbelievable thing. You set a, uh, set a fire in a stack of grain. We're going to get deep into this, but in this particular case, you have a stack of wheat with a uh, with an animal like a deer that is tied to the stack. Okay, and a slave is near the stack, and everything sets on fire. What's going on? You're going to have to pay, as Rashi explains, for the animal and for the stack. Right? That's what the fire the ish is going to be culpable for. Evid Kafaslo, however, the case where Evid Kafaslo, case where it is the slave that's tied to the stack, so then Potter, then he's going then the one who set uh, who set the fire is gonna be Potter. Potter for what? Potter for well, Potter for paying for the fire damage, but he's gonna be Chayev. Why is he gonna be Chayev? He's gonna be Chayev Misa. What? Yeah. If a person directly kills an Evid, right? So then there's something called Kim Leila the Rabbimine. That's what Rashi explains, right? Because after all, it says in the Pasuk, Nakomi Nakem, that the fact of the matter is, oh, see, Agdiva Gadish, right? The, the last wide line here, the Kim Leila the Rabbimine. In other words, you get killed for killing an Evid. People don't realize that. Even in Evid Kanani, you get killed. Well, we have this very famous principle. We'll talk about it more. But a person who gets Misa, they forgive him his monetary obligations. So that's why he's going to be putter to pay for the fire damage because the Evid was killed, okay, as a direct result of the fire because he was, and it, and it was necessarily killed because it was actually tied to the brothers. There's, there's a, like I said, a lumdus wonderland that we're going to need to unpack here, but here we go. All of this only makes sense according to Rabbi Yochanan, Mishum Hachi Pater, because there, this Kim Le'Bidarabine, why? Because he killed the, right, he killed the Evid. And therefore, he's not chayiv to pay. But if, here's the thing, if it's Eishem Mishumamona and fire damage only works because it, what, it belonged to you, so wait a minute. It's an unbelievable thing. If you say Eishem Mishumamona, that means that the fire that you set is a fire that is Nezek Mamon. Well, guess what? That you don't get killed for. You see what I'm saying, Phil? If you shot an Evan with, an, with a gun or with an arrow, you'd be Chayev Misa, and you would not, and there would be Kim Lamed That's if you say Yisheh Mishum Chitzo. But if, you, if you're sure, right? So now we're taking Rabbi Yochel Reish we're applying it, like, at, like literally, is it an arrow or is it a shore? Right? If it's Mammon, it's shore. If it's Chetz, it's arrow. So if it's an arrow, you kill them, and there's Kim Lamed Rabbi you're going to be Potter for the, for the financial damage. But if it's a shore, so what's the halacha if one shore kills somebody? Not, you don't get killed. You, you don't have to, there's no Kim Lamed there, right? The Ilu Katal Turi, after Hachinami Lo what? If you kill a slave, if your shore kills a slave, you're not going to be Chayev. Right, as Rashi says, Mammon Haksiv Kesav Shloshim Shkalim. There is a penalty of Shloshim Shkalim that you have to pay, but you don't get killed if your shore kills another Evid. So I'm like Shimon and Lakish. How's Rashi and Lakish understanding this? Kim Lebi Rabbeinay says, "Achem Ma'iskin Ang Shehitzes Beguf Shel Evid." Yeah, there's another way. The, the case would be that he set his the Evid on fire directly. Well, okay, so that's already a different thing. Again, anytime you set something on fire directly, it's not already Chetzah and Mamono. If you set a fire directly, of course you're gonna you're going to be Chayav Misa. Right, the Kimle Bidarabine, and there there would be Kimle Bidarabine in a case where he set the Evan on fire directly. Unbelievable. Siyachi the That's obvious, right? If you set a human being on fire, uh, you're going to be Chayev Misa. 
So what's the Chiddush? Says the Gemara, The only reason we're learning the Mishnah according to Reish Lakish is because the, the Gdi and the Evid belong to two different people. And so it's, a, it's a, like a side Chiddush within Kim Levit Rabbeinu that even though the Evid and the Gdi belong to two different people, once you're Chayav Misa, you're not going to have to pay the second estate, so to speak, of the, that owned the Gdi and the Gaddish, you're not going to have to pay them either. You put them from all financial damages to all people. <coughs> so now we're going to beat up Reish Lakish again from different sources of Nantes. What if you send it off, right, this fire with, a, with people who are not uh, of, of uh, proper mental capacity, right? A deaf or a short, as we know, right, deranged or a katan. So then you're not chayiv, uh, really, but if you give it to them, but you are chayiv mishamayim. Uh, so the Gemara is going to explain, right, we don't uh, have that much time, so it's basically that's where we pick up around 12 lines up, how that fits more with Rabbi Yochanan and fits less with Reish Lakish. So we're going to leave the Cher Shotavikotan for uh, next uh, week, Bezat Hashem. Everybody, ha- or for tomorrow, or for later tonight, depending when Andrew does it, everybody have a good Shabbos.